Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Trocek looking to set up shop. Gets it to Hamilton. Svechnikov. Rister low right on the score! The captain, Jordan Stahl, pumps home his sixth power play goal, 15th of the season, and the Canes jump out in front. one nothing. Orwell takes a cross-check from Haskinen. We'll wrap it around the boards. Doesn't find its way to Pesci. Takes a funky bounce. Now it gets to the Kings defenseman. He lays it up. Puts one right on. Still chance to score! Sebastian Ajo reads the play off the Pesci shot. And Ajo... That number's going the other way. Svechnikov will get another assist. His game is really building. Pesci shoots that... The Trocek too far, but Svechnikov is there. Back for Ajo. His drive goes over the top. Bounces to score! He scores! It's second power play goal! And Jordan Stahl buries it. 3-0. Carolina. Seven minutes, 50 seconds to go here in the third period. Stahl has it below the goal line. At the Fogel. They shoot. They score. Nader Ryder points to the passer. Jordan Stahl's huge night continues. Tripper Domus with another prediction. And the Canes go up 5-1. Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Uh, that was a thorough 5-1 beating of a very good Dallas Stars team that maybe didn't have it tonight. Hard to tell. Carolina did. And uh, we've seen this before. When one team has it and the other team doesn't, it can get pretty ugly. Uh, Dallas had a pushback in the last half of the second period, but that was it. Carolina uh, really dominant tonight as they pick up their third win on this six-game road trip. 3-0-3 on the trip. They get nine out of a possible 12 points. They come home in very good shape within the division Florida and Tampa won by identical 7-4 scores on the road tonight. Florida was in Nashville. Uh, Tampa was in uh, Detroit, I believe. Who the heck? I think they were in Detroit tonight. I probably should know that, shouldn't I, off the top of my head? I mean, I only do this for a living. Uh, anyway, so the Hurricanes come back uh, home for a five-game homestand and the uh, they've got a two-point lead on Florida, three points on Tampa, and they have two games in hand on the Florida Panthers. Tampa will get a uh, play one extra game this week as they have a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. A uh, lot of things to discuss here. The return of the return of Tavo Teravinen tonight. 
Uh, all the things we said yesterday about Tavo maybe not playing on this road trip, we were wrong. Ain't the first time uh, I've been wrong, and it won't be the last time either. Great to see Teravon in back. Uh, and maybe his return plays a part in what we saw tonight. A quick reminder. The Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it if it's for anything for the exterior. Siding, roofing, windows, doors, they got it. Online, AluminumCompany.com. You can get a free no-obligation estimate there. So just a thorough, uh, really a thorough performance start to finish. Uh, Carolina gets the jumps out to a 3-0 lead. Jordan Stahl, two of the three goals. Sebastian Ajo, three points. Andrei Svechnikov assisted on the first three goals. Uh, Ajo with an incredible rebound goal. Carolina, their first three goals essentially all came off offensive rebounds. It was like the North Carolina Tar Heels playing basketball. I mean, it was take a shot, go get the rebound. And honestly, that's how you're going to score goals in the postseason. There was a heaviness about Carolina's game tonight. They outhit Dallas as well, 25-19 in the 5-1 win. First time, by the way, in 24 games, excluding empty net goals, where Carolina scored at least five. It's been a long time. They scored at least five, I think five times in the first 16 games. And uh, this is essentially like the second time uh, since they're, you know, they uh, they were at one point averaging almost four goals a game. Granted, it was early, like the again, the first 16 games of the season. But boy, they've been really, really good. They were really, really good tonight. Uh, and they basically have been very good at preventing goals all season long. And Alex Nadelkovich played very well again tonight. I apologize for criticizing Nedeljkovic for misplaying the puck a few times in a row in the second period. I need to know the rules of engagement. Am I not allowed to point out when players make mistakes? Was it okay that I pointed out to Teravine and turned the puck over that led to Dallas's only goal? Was that okay? I just, I'm, I just need to know. Because if that's frowned upon, not to be George Costanza uh, in his boss's office after having... Uh, relations, if you will, with the cleaning lady on his desk. If that's frowned upon, I was not aware. All right, uh, some numbers, and then we'll get into some topics, and Alec Campbell will join us in just a little bit. Uh, Ajo, two points tonight, goal, two assists, 21 goals, 28 assists on the season. So that's 49 points in 49 games. Maybe the best end-to-end game Sebastian Ajo has played in a long time. And I think Ajo has been very good. There has been very little drop-off in his game um, at all in, on both ends of the ice. Um, but I thought the uh, the offensive part of Sebastian Ajo was there tonight. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov, a trip was talking about it. I don't recall him playing that well. I thought he was good uh, in the game uh, last night. Um you know, rather, I guess, Monday night. Um, I'm not sure how many Carolina Hurricanes were good Monday night, but uh, Svechnikov was outstanding tonight. Didn't quite get one of my stars. We'll talk about that. Uh, but three assists on the night for Svechnikov. Now 30, 36 points on the season in 49 games. Um, 
I can sense a an Andre uh, hot streak coming up here at the end of the season. I can feel it. Uh, Jordan Stahl, two <laughs> two goals, one assist. Beautiful pass to Nita Ryder. Uh, now 16 goals, 21 assists, 37 points for Stahl in 47 games. That's right, 37 points in 47 games. Nobody had that coming out of the captain uh, going into this year. Nobody. Good. Um, by the way, if you want to get the head coach to roll his eyes or smile, ask him Ask him to praise Jordan Stahl. <laughs> Oh, I know. Uh, the the selkie, the heart. I mean, whatever. I don't care. Um, we shouldn't. I don't know. We, I'm not even criticizing. We shouldn't be lobbying for these guys to win awards. Should Jordan Stahl be a heart trophy candidate? I mean, I don't know. Hurricanes have the second best record in terms of points percentage in the league. He's an enormous reason why. Here's... Here's my is he the MVP of this team or is Vincent Trocek the MVP of this team or is heck Alex Nedeljkovic the MVP of this team or is it Aho or is it Slavin or Pesh I mean come on there's so many good things happening with this team um so rather than get into the we just wish it would be true uh because there are t- I mean it's all it's always going to go to guys who just pile up tons and tons of points right Selkie, yeah, that's there. Defensive award, yeah, that's there. He's been awesome, absolutely awesome. In both ends of the rink, but his defense has been tremendous, and he'll have a chance. He's going to have a chance to win the Selkie. I bet he'll be a finalist, just like I believe that Alex Nedeljkovic will ultimately be a finalist for the Calder. I mean, I think you saw the Calder winner tonight. I think Jason Robertson's the best rookie in the sport. This has nothing to do with Kirill Kaprizov's... um, being this, what, his sixth professional season because he played five in the KHL before this. I don't care. I don't care. Is he a rookie in the NHL? He's eligible. Actually, you have to be, I think, 25 or under to be eligible. So you can't be like a 28-year-old rookie. Um, but he's been great. I'm not I'm not in any way taking anything away from Kaprizov. I think Robertson's the best rookie I've seen. And I've seen Kaprizov play a few times. Uh, but Robertson is just... Gosh, he's such a good player. Such a good player. It's a player like the Hurricanes. These are the players the Hurricanes want, and I mean, in, in many cases have. Um, he's fast, hard on pucks. He made the play Monday night that knocked Vincent Trocek off the puck and led to the game-winning goal by Jamie Benn in overtime. So uh, he's just a dynamite player. Love watching. <clears throat> I like so many players on the Dallas Stars. Um, I mean, it, they're just fun to watch. I can watch Rope Hints play all day long. Give me more Rope Hints. Uh, somebody asked on Twitter today, man, uh, what do the Hurricanes have to do to get him? I'm like, uh, well, they could do whatever they want. They're not getting him because Dallas ain't giving him up. He is a dynamite, dynamite player. Uh, Aho played 1932 today, won five of his eight faceoffs. Uh, Tara Vinen comes back. I guess we should probably talk about that, but that'll be the first topic we get into he played 16-32. Andrei Svechnikov, 16-35. Jake Bean was good tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about Jake Bean later with Alec Campbell. Uh, Jake Bean probably should have scored. Not probably. Definitely should have scored. Not his fault. Great save by Anton Hudobin. 
who I'm not sure wasn't the best player on the ice. He allowed five goals, right? I uh, thought Hudobin was great tonight. Uh, Steven Lorenz played well. Morgan Geeky. Remember, it was the mistake Geeky made in the second period against Florida with the 3-1 lead. This is now Saturday night. That He, he lost Gustav Forsling down the, from the left point in, and uh, that, that goal made it 3-2. Now, whether or not Alex Nedeljkovic should have stopped the goal is immaterial to the blown assignment. So here's how Geeky responded to that. He played his two best games of the year back-to-back. Morgan Geeky is a good, smart hockey player. He's going to get better. I don't know if he's going to be part of this team because you just don't know what the, where the room is. Um, but Morgan Geeky is an NHL player. I don't think Morgan Geeky is a fourth-line player. Right now on this team, he can't get crack the top nine, so he's playing on a fourth line. Uh, but Morgan Geeky is a good hockey player. And uh, he is, gosh, he made so many good passes tonight. I think he had at least five great passes. Uh, the Jake Bean no goal? Well, here it is. Now Geeky comes out with a puck, takes a peek to Bean, and he scored no score. Oh, it looked like Bean had put it in the net, but it hits the crossbar. I thought Jake Bean had his second career goal, but it stays out. The pass from Geeky through traffic to Bean was divine. It's the only way I could come up with it. It's just divine. Uh, and that went, I believe, blocker, shaft of stick, left post, crossbar, and out. I think that's the way, <laughs> the way it went. Un- unlucky for Jake Bean. But, bottom line, Jake Bean played a good game tonight. I thought Bean, I mentioned this the other day, uh, one of the positives that came out of the OT loss yesterday Monday night to Dallas was that Jake Bean had moved back ahead of Joe Kim Ryan uh, on the Hurricanes depth chart. Little did I realize that he had moved all the way up to playing with Brett Pesci. Bean played uh, just about 17 minutes tonight. I don't know if that's a season high for him or not. I'll check it out. Uh, But I thought Bean was very good tonight. Really, really smart. Uh, He used his skating to his advantage. He's good with his stick. Uh, kind of a uh, a very, very, very poor man's Jacob Slavin. Uh, we're obviously not comparing the two. Uh, but he has some Slavin attributes, his ability to skate out of trouble, his ability to use his stick uh, to uh, avoid situations. So I thought he was very good tonight. Uh, fourth line, great. They call it the Geek Squad. We'll talk about that. Nino Niederreiter picks up his eighth goal. Uh, so, um, by the way, special teams, Carolina, two power play goals. Dallas, 0 for 3 on their power play as uh, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes have the best special teams in the entire NHL. Still number one in the power play, and after scoring two power play goals tonight, that ain't that is not going to get hurt at all. Uh, and they're up to third on the penalty kill. And they are over when you add those two numbers. Power play... Uh, percentage and the uh, penalty kill percentage. What you're shooting for is to be over 100%. The Hurricanes are over 110%. I think they're close to 112%. They have been that good on special teams. 
Hurricane scored twice in the first period. The first came on the power play. Uh, Jordan Stahl's 15th of the season. Svechnikov takes a shot. It goes off the skate of Ajo back to Stahl in front, and he pots it for a 1-0 lead. That was at 7.08. A minute later, and Carolina really was on top of Dallas from the start. Uh, A minute later, actually a minute and one second later, I thought a subtle, great play from Brett Pesci, and we'll let you hear it. Vogel takes a cross-check from Haskinen. We'll wrap it around the boards. Doesn't find its way to Pesci. Takes a funky bounce. Now it gets to the game's defenseman. He lays it up. Puts one right on. Snap chance to score! Sebastian Ajo reads the play off the Pesci shot. And Ajo had numbers going the other way. Spetsnikov will get another assist. His game is really building. Pesci shoots that. Pesci shoots the puck. But here's what Pesci did. Pesci waited to shoot the puck because, uh, by the way, Andre with a hustle play just to poke the puck back to Pesci, and Brett had all the time in the world at the point. He could have even drifted in some, and he really didn't. He kind of stayed put. He All he was doing was waiting for a screen in front because I believe that Pesci was only shooting for a rebound. Ah was coming off the bench. Steven Lorenz was going off. He was the last forward out. He was going off on a change because the rest of the line had already come out there. I believe Taravainen was on the ice already. Svechnikov again dug the puck out uh, along the wall. And Ajo comes flying off the bench, goes to the vacated wing, uh, and the rebound kicked out to him. And it really just, I think, right at the bottom of the faceoff circle, uh, just one time the rebound uh, and it was 2 nothing Carolina. Uh, then they come out right away. There's a power play left over from, I guess there was about uh, 90 seconds of power play to start the period. One thirteen in. Uh, Sebastian Ajo takes, <laughs> takes his shot. Uh, it goes high. It might have been deflected. I don't know. Uh, goes well well high over the goal. Uh, Karam's back off the glass, over the net, right out in front. And Jordan Stahl whacks it in. And it's 3 nothing Carolina. The only blemish on the night was a Teravon and turnover uh, that ultimately ended up on the stick of Jason Robertson. Uh, and he uh, kind of slipped it past Nedeljkovic. Ned made the initial save or saves on that play. Uh, but there was just traffic in front. And it kind of bounced back to Robertson who, uh, who knocked it in. Uh, his 15th goal of the season, as I said earlier, I think he's the rookie of the year in the NHL. In my opinion, just I don't have a vote though, so uh, so who knows? Uh, then we get to the third period, and you know, it's only a three-one game. Doesn't take much for Dallas to get back in it. Again, they're a heavy team. They're a good team. I think they'll be a tough out if they make the playoffs. If the Canes finish first, Dallas will, in my opinion, will be a tougher out than Nashville. I think anybody's good. Anybody can beat you. Uh, but Dallas just terrifies me because of the way they play. Anyway, Canes needed a good start. I thought they came out very well. I didn't think Dallas was all that threatening early on. And one of the really cool things about the uh, this team is the contributions they are getting from the bottom of the forward group. And it doesn't always have to be goals. It simply has to be energy and zone time. Steven Lorenz has been great, great to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if Steven Lorenz stayed in the lineup when the Hurricanes got their full complement of forwards back, Uh, which means somebody's going to come out 
and it might be Cedric Paquette, who's played very well. In fact, he played on the third line with Stalin Fogel tonight. Uh, but Morgan Geeky also has been great. Again, I mentioned this earlier. He made the mistake that allowed Gustav Forsling the opportunity to score the goal that made it 3-2 in Florida on Saturday night. He has made so many brilliant passes. Here's the latest. Lorenz has it at the goal line. Sends it behind the start. Nick Geeky up front. On the back end, they score! Max McCormick, his second in as many nights. And the Canes get the three-goal lead back. It's 4-1 Carolina. And that was just a beautiful pass. Uh, really, he was almost all the way to the right side of the goal, but he passed it back the other way. Uh, and McCormick brings the puck, goes forehand to backhand and roofs it. Uh, Bailey didn't roof it, but he went over uh, Hudobin for a 4-1 lead. Nino Niederreiter's 18th goal of the season made it 5-1. That's all she wrote. Hurricanes very good tonight. Alex Nedeljkovic very good tonight. Como, the puck sends it across. Shot is pitchforked by Cogliano. Nedeljkovic with the save with the blocker. Still loose. Hamilton finally gets to it, and he'll bank it off the glass and just get it out. Dowling sends it through the blue paint. Nedeljkovic gets a stick to it. Tanner Carroll was knocking on the doorstep. Just trying to find Pocket. Too far for him. And Como coming out in the team zone. Put on by Hayskin in. With a huge save. Timely. Yeah, very timely. It was 3-1. They were putting some pressure the last 10 minutes of the second period. Uh, That was a lot of Dallas Stars pressure, and Ned stood up to it. Um, I've said this before. Ruling out game one, Ned, would not be smart. Don't rule it out. Not saying it's going to happen. But the kid continues to be ridiculously impressive. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. A reminder, wherever you get your podcast, follow the Canes Corner podcast. This way, it just shows up. So you don't have to go, huh, did the the podcast post? Look at your phone or look at your iPad or look wherever you get your podcast. Look look at that. There it is. You're walking the dog. Uh, Listen to the Canes Corner podcast. Uh, Give your dog a nickname. If your dog's name is... Uh, Fido, name him, uh, call him Fighty because that, or Fidesy. That's what a hockey player would do. So give your dog a hockey nickname, uh, which means you basically just add EY to the end of it. Uh, so my dog's name is Earl. He's a Weimaraner. Uh, he would be Earlsy. I don't know. Uh, but enjoy the podcast. Thank you very much. Alec Campbell next. All right, Alec Campbell, my friend. Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermissions, Carolina Hurricanes Radio Network. Apparently Brett Pesci's sitting around before games listening to uh <laughs> to the to the Stormwatch, and that's good. Uh yeah. so <laughs> um before we get to everything, uh I loved I loved the head coach in the pregame today. Absolutely yeah, loved the head he coach. He was great. So uh he seemed a little yeah, bit more great. relaxed to me. He did, and he seemed more relaxed after the game tonight too. But good job by you. That's the uh, that's the interviewer's job to relax the coach uh, wow. for the interview. And I thought you did a good job. I also I, I, I thought you uh, I thought you did a good job presenting, you know, the scenario for you know why people may have been upset at the the game last night. 
Um, because that was a thing that he, I don't, I'm not going to say he ranted about it last night, but he pointed it out, you know, let's quit with all the negativity. And, you know, it's like, okay, there were two stories last night. One was they got in the playoffs. The other was how they got in the playoffs. Right. And it, did, it didn't look all that great <laughs> last night. I thought there was a lot to be desired from the game last night personally. And I think it's fair to bring that stuff up. And as reporters, you know, they kind of are supposed to do that. But, hey, listen, they bounced back tonight. They looked pretty damn good tonight. <laughs> I mean, it was – I yeah. told Tripp it was – hot knife through butter tonight. I mean, they, they carved Dallas up pretty good. Dallas had 10 high danger chances. When, (laughs) when, well, I think almost all at the end of the second period, I thought, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't see a lot of high danger. And I thought Carolina had a lot more than they're uh, being credited for with, by natural stat trick. I mean, I thought they could have had eight goals tonight. Yeah. I definitely thought Dallas was, the best period they played was in the second period. In fact, I thought they were slightly better than Carolina in the second period. It, it was been. close. Yeah. I'm not saying it was, no, no. I'm not saying it was a blowout. I think, I think once they I tilted they the ice in better. their favor, I think I thought yeah. they were the better team. It just, I, I'm trying to remember when basically that happened. Um, but I thought, yeah, there, there's no question that they were uh, that they were much better. That was their best period. They could have scored a bunch of goals. Uh, that was when Alex Nedeljkovic did his best work too. I mean, I mean, yeah. he's, he's not at fault yeah. on the uh, on the goal. I mean, that was the Tavo Teravainen turnover, and then it kind of pinballed around right. in front of him after he made the initial save. Uh, Robertson's such a good player; he was in the right place at the right time. Um, but he was great after that. He made a couple of really good saves after that. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. Robertson is a really good player. Uh-huh. I, I feel like he's been so much more noticeable this year. Um, well, he's a rookie. And, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a he little is, bit last year, I is, think, but he, he is, is a rookie. Nine-game nine game point streak for him with the goal tonight, and he got his own rebound. Um, but, you know, he was probably their he's – probably, he's probably their best player. I mean, where was Jamie Benn tonight? I mean, ah. Jordan Stahl just absolutely <laughs> rubbed Jamie Benn out of the game. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, I remember last night we were talking about Jamie Benn, and I was comparing him to – were we on the air when we were talking about this? Uh, when I was t- telling you about uh, – to me, he reminds me of uh, the, the, main, um, the main cowboy in Yellowstone. People will – Yes. People, whose name is also Jamie. Uh, in, in yes, I don't remember Jamie, where it was. Was in, it might have been in the? I think it was in the podcast. Uh, but yes, I remember that part. And I and I told you that I have not seen Yellowstone. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me either. But <laughs> the guy's name in Yellowstone is also Jamie, and he's just this super rough and tumble guy. Like he will just beat the hell out of everybody. Um, and you know, Jamie Ben's a big dude. Doesn't wear a you know grandfathered in. On the uh, on the on the on the visor no, rules, no doesn't wear a visor. Right. Which, you know, he's probably right about that. By the way, what do the visors do? They don't really help, anyways. Uh, probably not. Like, it's one of those things where you might as well because it doesn't, you know, um, it doesn't hurt you to wear it. Right. But the thing is, is that just about anything that's going to hurt you is coming from below you. 
Yeah, pretty much. And almost never, you know, I don't know. I guess it could keep a stick for, you know, a high stick from going in your eye, but even those are coming up. So, yeah, I, I, I understand your point. I wonder when will the NHL go to basically full cages? I mean, they yeah, wear them in college. I wonder hockey. that too. I, I don't. I don't know why they wouldn't do it in the NHL to protect your face. But wouldn't there be? There would probably have to be an agreement by the players' association, and I, I'm hard pressed to believe that they'll allow that to happen. Like to be just a universal rule, right? And then uh, you know it would be much more difficult to fight. You wouldn't want to punch somebody right in the mask, yeah. right in the right in the cage. That's right. Uh, maybe we just right, get rid like of football fighting. players fighting. Exactly. All right. Let's. Uh, we, I don't want to bury. Yeah. I don't want to bury what I believe to be an, a significant story tonight, uh, and we'll talk some about the captain uh, as well. Tavo Teravainen came back. So let me let me ask this: There are two things that led, maybe three things that led to Carolina's performance tonight. One could simply be being kind of freed up by uh, having clinched the playoffs last night. Who knows? We have no idea what in their subconscious kind of led them to maybe tighten up and not play their best hockey over the last couple of weeks. They still managed a bunch of wins and a bunch of points, so it wasn't stopping them from getting points out of every game, basically. Uh, But, I mean, it certainly could have been, and I think you alluded to it last night, um, that they, I mean, they might just be trying too hard to get to point A or point B, whatever the point we're trying to get to. Uh, and the other thing that, I mean, and I don't want to discount it because I think it's a possibility. When they saw Tavo Teravainen jump on the ice in the game, I mean, you know how close mm-hmm. this team is, especially some of the, like, Sebastian and Tavo. I mean, they're like, uh, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, twins separated at birth, these two. So <laughs> I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they get Tavo Teravainen back on the ice and everybody just feels better about everything. I really I don't I don't think that's crazy to think that they played better because their guy came back. But whatever it is, they played great. No, I don't I don't think it's crazy to think that. I mean I, I could see a scenario where you lose all these players in, you know, in succession and guys are kind of thinking, Oh crap, you know, how are we going to get this done? You know? And so they, they, you know, maybe their people are pressing a little bit too hard because they feel like they have to make up for whatever it is that all these other people bring to the table. And so you get him back and it's sort of like, there's just sort of a, a sense of relief, especially for a guy like that who provides you so much offensive danger. Yeah. And I feel like that's been, remember at the beginning of the year, how much we talked about how, I mean, they were lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, yeah. they were among the top scoring teams in the league. I think they, they got as high as second in the league yeah. at one point. And that kind of fell off. The thing that has really kept them afloat for a long time is their power play and their special teams. And so, you know, to get a guy like that back, 
it has to be a tremendous relief because he just takes so much pressure off other guys to 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 produce those points. So I don't think it's crazy to think that. I mean, it's you know, it's not just looking at Tavo Teravine and being like, oh yes. But you know, he's he's an amazing he's an amazing player, right? And and he's a big part of why they are who they are as a team. And so you know, as you know, there there are a lot of guys out, but most of the guys out are are more glue guy types. Right. Tavo was a, is a star. Right. <laughs> so you can't replace that. You can't replace that. And. One guy makes so much, you know, of that type of caliber makes so much difference. And look at him. They put five on the board tonight. And I thought Tavo was good in the first period, uh, as, uh, you know, a lot of guys are in that first, you know, period yeah. back where they've got some jump. They're a little bit excited. They've got the adrenaline pumping a little bit. And then I think he trailed off. I'm not saying he was bad, but he trailed off. He did have the one mistake. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I think it was probably a, a a good return for him. But yeah, man, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, the other thing is that, and and again, could just be a coincidence. Um, Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov were just awesome tonight. And this was both great. Easiest easiest three stars of the night. Ah, tonight we're gonna for Carolina. I think of the year we're gonna differ. Okay. We're going to differ tonight. Uh, but I, I, I think we're going to get, uh, we'll have two of the same. I'm positive of that. Uh, but yeah, they were, they were all, I mean, I thought, I mean, they were great. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that could have gotten stars tonight, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even tell, I mean, we won't, yeah. I know you didn't give Pesci or Slavin uh, a star, and they were both phenomenal tonight. They were just cleaning everything up. No, I didn't. Um, and I thought Ned yeah. was excellent. He didn't get a star tonight. Um, but Ned was good. I didn't give him one either. Yeah, I mean, there's still I didn't a lot think of guys. Ned was was taxed all that much. Right. Yeah, I agree. So maybe that's a testament to Slavin and Pesci. Yeah, I just thought the, I thought those guys were uh, were really good. But Aho and I mean, it started right away with those guys. I mean, they were just all over the place. Uh, Andre was hitting yeah. everything. Um, he made. I mean, <laughs> he made great passes. Um, and he, he, he might've overpassed, uh, I don't know how, what the odd man rush was, but Andre had the puck in the middle of the, uh, right between the rings and he could have just fired one, but I think he made the right play in passing it to Aho. He just didn't make a great pass. He kind of handcuffed Aho. I don't think Aho was turned. If I, if Aho had his hips turned, opened up waiting for a pass, then it would have been much better, but that pass was sort of into Aho. Uh, and he had no chance. He tried to fire a shot, but he just completely whiffed on it. Uh, but he was, I mean, they were, they were absolutely great tonight. Captain was, uh, uh, they had their offensive rebound game working tonight. Jordan Stahl had two offensive rebounds, two putbacks, and Ajo had one. Yeah, I loved the captain tonight. He was my favorite player. Um, they, we had, we played uh, highlights on the, uh, on the aftermath. And there's one uh, feature we got to do, play play the game. And I chose Jordan's assist as the play of the game, even though it was the fifth goal of the game. <laughs> but 
mostly just because it was quintessential Jordan Stahl type play where you just muscle somebody off the puck behind the net, win a battle, and then he threw a no-look pass out to Nino Niederreiter for the goal. So I liked that a lot better than I liked both of his goals, which I liked. Right. And I thought they were, you know, they were good Jordan Stahl, greasy type goals. Um, but the, 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 the play behind the net is what Jordan Stahl does. Right. And uh, that's why it was the play of the game that I for me. You didn't think the Ajo assist on the second Stahl goal? You didn't think that was the play of the game? That's next level brilliance to use the uh, the wall behind the net yeah. to yes, pe- to yes. get it back out in front. That was next level brilliance. Is I is that, that an acceptable I, I'm, assist? I'm assuming for you? he called. <laughs> um, eh. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, let's be honest. Sebastian was ripping a shot. Right. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, like, so how do you was, feel about Pesci's assist? Just, um, remind me. Okay, second goal. Uh, Svechnikov really created the play by uh, by winning the battle on the wall and knocking the puck to Pesci. Uh, but Brett waited right. for Andre to get back toward the front of the net for a little net front, uh, and then he put it on mm-hmm. uh, put it on goal. Hudobin had to kick it out. Uh, but he kicked it over to where Aho was, right at the bottom of the circle to the left, uh, who one-timed it uh, into kind of the empty net. Uh, but I think that Brett I mean, could have fired it right away, but he waited. That thing was just a smart play to wait for some sort of net front presence. Yeah, but even then, it's a shot. So there was, it wasn't intended to go to Aho. So I don't really like that either, but... I'm going to tell Brett. I'm telling Brett. He's going to get mad at you. Listen, man. Hey, (laughs) listen. You get get points. You get points for those things, the way it works now. So I applaud him for that. Um, And, you know, I will applaud him for the hesitation to wait to get net front and get the puck through. But um, if, if Brett tells me that he was trying to bank it off Udobin's pad, on that angle to Sebastian Ajo for a goal, I won't believe him. What What if he just tells you that he was simply trying to create a rebound? I mean, that's fine too, <laughs> but it's not an assist. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'm not, look. I'm not. I'm not saying. Um, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to pare it all down. I'm just trying to get to the uh, yeah, get to the no, root of it. Like. Like you and I agreed, there That's was creating a rebound. Right there, there was a there was a play not that long ago where Jesper Faust, uh, with a check, dislodged the puck, uh, and it led to a goal. He should get an assist for that, right? Or no? I mean, I understand what you're saying, like in the sense that if he doesn't do that then there's no goal. They don't score there. Right. Right. But nah, I would nah, be in favor. I would be in favor of an official scorer determining through his own judgment or her own judgment, who deserves the assists. 
I would be in favor of that. Listen, let me put it this way. I am more in favor of, let's say, okay, you remember the play where, who was it? Was it Natchez and Ajo? The two on, the two on O? Back yeah. and forth? Yeah. That, that, that play, or there was another one too earlier in the year where they, they had like a Ajo to Natchez, Natchez to Ajo, Ajo back to Natchez right. situation. It wasn't an, it wasn't a, it wasn't a breakaway situation like that. Okay. But I remember it. Like I would be more in favor of giving a player an assist on his own goal <laughs> in that situation <laughs> than I would giving Jesper Fast or Brett Pesci or Sebastian Ajo an assist on the previous examples we've given. I, I like how you defend your point. I do. I'm not, again, I'm not arguing. Not arguing at all. Uh, what would you think of the fourth line tonight? Like, I loved them. I thought they were awesome. Um, listen, Geeky's got uh, two assists last night and an assist tonight. Yeah. He's been a wizard from behind the net. And this came after he made a big mistake two games ago. So I like the bounce back from him. Lorenz, I think, is he, he's basically solidified himself because you know he nudges the puck along the wall back there behind the behind the play for geeky and you know i like i like the story of of a max mccormick because these are people who journeyman player who basically is always fighting to continue getting paid to play play hockey and to get an opportunity at the beginning of the year and get injured doing it. I mean, that's, that sucks. Right. And, and then to hurt Peter to be in a pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then to be in a pretty big spot the last two nights where you're trying to clinch a playoff spot. And then, you know, as we've discussed, like sort of the, the, the difference between this year and last year, and I, I feel like we did a disservice last night, sort of, Maybe you did it elsewhere on the podcast, but just talking about the the overall turnaround of the organization. I did it. Over the last couple of years. That was the start of the podcast yesterday. Yeah, where, you know, we're not just fighting to make the playoffs. Now it's eight or seven games left and you're playing for a seed, right? That's like a big difference. So now you have that game tonight against a team who you and I both readily admit is, you know, they can be a tough team to play against and probably are going to end up with the fourth spot. And you got beat by them last night. And, you know, you need these points. And so for McCormick to, to score another goal and, you know, it was a, Great goal too. Super the whole goal. play was great. Super goal. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I mean, he, then he, then he then he stick handles around Hudobin. Yep. And uh, and backhands one in. Like it's it's awesome. The pass was it. great. By the way, so you're because like, you're right. We you and I didn't talk about it, but I did at the beginning of the podcast because I probably spent the first five minutes kind of going into the the wayback machine. You know, talking about right. it had been. You know, you go back two years when they made it in. It had been nine years in a row with no playoffs. 
and at times it felt hopeless. Fans had gone away, mm-hmm. and and you remember, I'll never forget where I was listening to the game. I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The I was at the Final Four. I'm listening to John Forslund do play-by-play of not only Carolina's win over the Devils at home, but also doing, uh, not play-by-play, but recapping the, the time and score of Montreal's visit to Washington. And uh, he's going back and forth. He basically co- did two yeah. games at the same time. I will never forget the feeling when they got back into the playoffs. And then I think the underrated part of that is, I I think it was the next night, they had to go to Philadelphia and win another game to avoid playing Tampa in the first round, which set up the meeting with Washington. And they went up to Philadelphia, and they were just better than the Flyers. The Flyers weren't the same team. They were not a playoff team that year. But uh, So I I did. I started the podcast yesterday uh, kind of reminiscing about that. And then last year where... They finally were clicking uh, at the pause. Uh, and they ended up finishing sixth, which right. is basically where they finished. Uh, they would have been they were would have been the first wild card last year. That's where they were the year before. They were the first wild card, but this is a different animal. And as I said to Rod today, yeah, um, the expectations are completely different for this team, and and that's kind of why we've spent the last. Uh, I don't actually. We've probably spent all year wondering. All right, where's the team? I know we keep winning. You know, team keeps winning. They're thirty-two, ten, and seven. Uh, blah 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 blah. But how come they're not playing the type of hockey that Stanley Cup champions play? Right? How, how come they haven't consistently gotten to that? I, and the answer simply may be that. You don't need that. You just simply need to find a way right. every day. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And also, you know, maybe it's just a testament to how good they are. Right. The fact that they're that it doesn't, you know, that it's it's not uh, that they don't have to play that well in order to win. You know, but it, it is, you know, you, I, I forgot that you were in Minneapolis for that game because, you know, the. That that night that you're talking about is the Peter Morazic we're in we're in night, yes. <laughs> and what's amazing, you know, I, I just th- I think about Peter basically uh, taking on the weight of the organization. You know, it was his first year as a Hurricane. Yeah, and not, I'm not saying that the whole weight of the, the that making the playoffs was all on Peter, but that it had become, you know, ingrained in them that how long it had been. And it, and it, it, it became important to a lot of people that they get into the playoffs, you know, for, for a guy who had spent six months here to pour it out like that about getting in the playoffs, like, I mean, that was, that's, that's an unbelievable thing. And there's probably, you know, a lot of testament, you know, to, to Justin Williams for, you know, imparting that on guys like him and the rest of the team for how important it is 
to the area to get mm-hmm. back. But n- now, now two years later, and it's a weird year. It's a pandemic. It was a 56 game schedule. You didn't play people in, you know, other divisions mm-hmm. around the league. Um, but you know, we're not, we're not, we're not worried about a playoff spot. <laughs> I mean, we're worried about seeing if we can finish first in the, in the division so that we can, so that it could be a little easier potentially first which, overall you know, is by the I way think, uh, in, uh, in play. Yeah, it is. It's an incredible, <laughs> incredible turnaround. And you know, the, the stat of the night, just looking through the game notes, was Rod Brindamore being a part of 94% of Carolina Hurricanes playoff hockey games. That's, <laughs> that is the most hilarious stat I've ever heard. Uh, the only ones he wasn't, he was in Philadelphia when the uh, Hurricanes were in the playoffs in 98. That's it. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. 94% of the playoff games that have been played, in Carolina, Rod Brendamore has been a part of. That is awesome. Uh, by the way, my favorite Max McCormick stat: first time in his NHL career, he has scored goals in consecutive games. Never done it. He he yeah, now has uh, eight NHL goals, which I guess it's not surprising that he doesn't have uh, any other situations where he scored back to back goals. But uh, eight NHL goals in his career. This is the first time he scored. In consecutive games, and they were in in their own ways important goals. Um, you know that the the goal that um, made it that was their first goal against Dallas last night. That was a cool goal, uh, and then tonight kind of just really put the game away um, because Dallas, although Dallas didn't come out in the third period with uh, with much of a push, I thought Carolina took it to them right away. Uh, and maybe took their will early on. I thought, you know, maybe it's because, and I want to, I, I want to wrap this up because yesterday I know we talked too long. Um, uh, Dallas sat back and tried to win the game three two Monday night, and it cost them mm-hmm. uh, the possibility of even losing the game, and they needed two points. I don't know if they expected Carolina to come out and try to win the game three one in the third, but. I think it took something out of them when the Hurricanes didn't do that. When the Canes came out and took it to them. I think I think it surprised yeah. Dallas. I think they just assumed that Carolina would sit back and let and let Dallas come at them and just try to protect. But that's not the way Carolina ever wants to play. You got to play smart, uh but that doesn't mean you stop attacking. Two two very quick things uh and then we'll uh we'll wrap. A couple of games ago, we thought, well, we're done seeing Jake Bean. Uh, Three games in a row, Joakim Ryan played, or two games in a row, I guess, Joakim Ryan played in place of Bean. And then they were both in the lineup when they went 11-7 and yesterday, but he played well Monday night. Jake Bean played with Brett Pesci tonight. Although it was really Pesci, Slavin, and Hamilton kind of rotating with each other uh, in the last 30 minutes of the game. Uh, But... But Bean played nearly 17 minutes, which I believe is a season high for him. Uh, 16-53. Should have scored. Wasn't his fault. That was an amazing save. Uh, I mean, I just can't express how great a save that was, whether it was 
lucky or not, hell of a save by Hudobin. Uh, but I thought Jake Bean actually played legitimately well tonight. And that's, the I think, a testament to the motivation of watching somebody named Joakim Ryan take your spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the only thing you can chalk it up to, right? Like, you've had this entire year, you've played most of the year, and then somebody gets hurt, and they don't go to you. Like, right. you know, I, I remember... I remember a couple years ago, I think I've told, I told this, well, it's been more than a couple years ago. I've, I've told the story before, like the, the, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in sports was back when the Panth the Carolina Panthers, um, they lost Matt Moore and they had drafted Jimmy Clausen and Tony Pike <laughs> and Tony Pike was their third quarterback and both Clawson and Moore went out. They did not go to Tony Pike. Right. They brought in Brian St. Pierre. Like, <laughs> what a slap in the face that is. That you've spent the entire season with the team, like in meetings, going to practice. And they have elected to choose someone who has not even been playing football over you. <laughs> To come in and play. He was at home changing diapers. So like, <laughs> yeah. So like similar scenario. Like Bean's been playing the entire year. And okay, he could he could probably accept if everyone's healthy and they decide to sit him for a game here or there. But I mean it's it almost feels like a shoe in that you're going back in the lineup, but instead they elect to take a guy who hasn't played a single game all year long instead of you. Not one. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. You know, and they, in, in the, in the, in the name of, well, we don't know who's going to get hurt and who's not going to get hurt. So we want to have guys ready. Bull. <laughs> Joakim Ryan ain't touching the ice in the playoffs. <laughs> Unless uh, multiple people get hurt. Yeah, like so, four. <laughs> there is no greater, like, dude, get your act together mm -hmm. than that. Yep. It was remarkable. Good for uh, good for Jake responding after, and it wasn't just one game, man. It was, I think it was, might have been, I don't know, through, I think it was two games. Uh, still, Jake, uh, he played really well tonight. He was good uh, last night. As well, but uh, but good for him. All right, whip whip your stars out as we close this up. I mean, I don't know if I got lazy with this or not, but I felt like it was the easiest night of the year for the stars. Oh, could have so been. I just went. I went Svechnikov third star, Aho second star, Stall first star. All right, you and I have the second star and first star identical. I had Stall one, Aho two. I gave Morgan Geeky my third star. I th okay. I thought I thought he okay. I mean the pass to Bean was his. Uh he had a bunch of pass mm -hmm. he he played he had four shifts in the first period. Be 254. He had three incredible passes in the first period uh that uh, didn't lead to goals but I mean he could he can't shoot also. Um 
I thought he was really good. Uh, good night to you, sir. All right. Good to talk to you. See you soon. <laughs> that never ceases to make me laugh. It's very funny, isn't it? Okay. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, we have maxed out the Kane's Corner podcast for a Tuesday evening. Uh, if it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, roofing, they got it. Siding, oh, ho, ho, they got it. And in many, many colors and styles. Windows, oh, they got it. You want double hungs? They got you double hungs right here, if you know what I'm so talking about. Uh, so they have it all. Aluminumcompany.com online. Go there for free. No obligation. Estimate. Remember, you can follow the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, be nice to us, give us some su suggestions. And as always, I tell you this every time, tweet to me a picture of where you are when you're listening to the Canes Corner podcast. This is, uh, I just like to know. I like to know. So shouts to you and your dogs. Shouts to you when you're making dinner with the, uh, with the fam. Uh, whatever, you mowing a lawn, I don't care. Let me know where you are when you're listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Makes us feel good. Uh, for Alec, I'm Adam. We'll see you Thursday night after the Canes host and hopefully beat the Detroit Red Wings. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.